Retro Oddities. Retro Oddities. Retro Oddities. Retro Oddities. Retro Oddities. Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of Retro Oddities. I am the Fat Wizard and I'm joined today by... I am uh, Shane is Games of the Twitch stream uh, Shane is Games, where I play the obscure, the unusual, and the nostalgic. Happy to have you here with us, and and I've Shane, you and I have been talking. We kind of prefixed all this sh- this show on episode zero, but I like to think this is sort of like Saturday morning gaming show after dark, and as such, uh, it may not you know we're not going to be editing this so. It probably won't be something you want to listen to in the car with your family, uh, unless your family is a bunch of like rock and roll, you know, people. We don't want to judge. Probably okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're we're not intentionally coming in here with like you know dropping some language, but a couple couple might slip in, uh, you know, as we're up late. So uh, episode number one, super excited. We don't really have a set direction. It's really just going to be a couple people chatting here. So uh, before we get going, though, uh, I've got a couple uh, words, kind of like an anthem. I want to I want to recite there, and and Shane, I just want to see like, what do these words do to your heart? All right, so hit me with them. Are, are you ready for this? I, I'm as prepared right, as I can. A little bit of little bit of poetry for you, okay? Uh, what about now? It's time to rock with the biggity buck bumble, bum to the bum. To the bum, to the bass, to the bum, to the boom, to the bumble. What does that do to you? It's it's beautiful, is what it is. It's it's moving. I don't, I don't want to oversell it, but voice of a generation uh, is the words that come into my mind right there. When I think about poetry, it's really um, uh, William Carlos Williams with uh, the red wheelbarrow, mm-hmm. um, of course, and then you have uh, Cask of Amontillado, and then you've got the lyrics for Bumble, <laughs> right? Uh, and these lyrics, because uh, I want to get the name right, because I was like, who the heck made the lyrics to this theme song? Uh, the game's soundtrack was composed by an individual named Justin Charvanova, I think is how you pronounce that. All right. Uh, and you know, part of what this whole show is about retro oddities is finding kind of weird, not necessarily obscure games, but things you might've heard on in passing, or there might've been a meme about it. Uh, and I think, um, when I first heard about this game, it was just by someone posting the soundtrack. That, or not even the soundtrack, just the intro song. That, oddly enough, is basically what I was coming into this annoying Buck Bumble about. Like, I, I, I had a like picture of it. You had, there was this beef lying around my head. But basically, the thing that I knew this game about going in was that amazing theme song. Because <laughs> it's so good. It really is. It is. Yeah, it's... Um... Again, when I, when I heard it, I'm like, man, this is dumb. <laughs> this is the stupidest <laughs> song. Uh, but then you, you kind of uh, you kind of get into it. Like I guess I, the way I can almost describe it is 
it's like watching a Power Rangers as an adult. Twitch had a a Power Rangers marathon a couple years back. I remember that. I was like, man, this show sucks. <laughs> but then, like, I was watching it during work. I'm like, yeah, man, go get them, Green Ranger. Woo! And I kind of feel like the same way here. It's, it kind of gets under your skin and it becomes a part of you. I think part of why it grabbed me so much is it doesn't sound like anything else on the N64. Like... Oh, yeah, totally. The N64 musically very much had a, a kind of consistent vibe. Like, for me, the two, like, exemplars that come to mind are uh, Mario 64 soundtrack and Banjo-Kazooie soundtrack. That okay. That's sort of, like, really uh, uh, high-pitch, bouncy, sort of, like, Saturday morning cartoon type uh, music. Um, and a little disappointed you didn't have Ocarina of Time in there. Like the... <laughs> the- uh, the theme, it's like the Ocarina songs where you, you slow down time and whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those come to mind, too. But I mean, like, <laughs> when I think N64, too, I'm also thinking platformers. I think those were uh, where most of the yeah. standouts for the system were. Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, man, so I guess we, we talked about the good stuff about the game. Should <laughs> we get into the actual game and see how it compares? Well, to, it, it's still early the in the stream, here? so we want to reserve plenty of time for all the, the not-so-great stuff. This is true. Uh, you know, in comedy, they always say you, you lead with your second best joke and finish your set with your best joke, but, but Bumble kind of led uh, with the best joke and the... Uh, second best joke right off the bat there it put its best um, foot forward and then there were no feet after that yeah yeah <laughs> so uh this game you know it's on the n64 um and the way you can control it is you got the little analog nub and that kind of controls your your body right so you're flying around uh you got your pitch your yaw and uh, your strength. I guess you don't have a roll. No. You can't roll. It's just pitch and yaw, and then you can move left and right. Uh, but you can hover, which is super nice, right? It is. It is. It's it's kind of a flight sim, but it's more in sort of like the, like, it, it's more of like a helicopter is how it controls. Kind of like yeah. Choplifter or Soviet Strike, more along those lines. Um, yeah, that's a good, good analogy there. And it was made by a fairly well-respected company uh argonaut i believe right argonaut yeah uh for my they money made, they made the Star Fox games right yeah yeah they did uh they're primarily known for my money at least for doing the super fx chip stuff for a uh, super nintendo like Star Fox. um yeah. as far as i know buck bumbles their only n64 title though uh decided to oh, go out on a high note what? I assume. oh so they didn't do like Star Fox 64 that wasn't them no that was not them surprisingly oh okay yeah it kind of makes me wonder uh, if okay, so I guess uh, just following their train of thought here is they had you know they made Star Fox and they they had a bunch of ana anthropomorphic anthropomorphic characters, and so maybe they're like, hey, we should make an, another thing that maybe appeals to kids, but like hip, you know, young and hip, and so. I don't know how they arrived on a bumblebee for that, <laughs> but if you look at the box art, he kind of looks cool. You know, he's got like. It almost looks like he's got a full set of power armor. He almost looks like a mecha bee, which is oh. cool. He's like he's wielding a gun. And I guess when I think about this game, I'm like I'm like there is no conceivable world in which the design document out of the gate said, "Hey, Buck Bumble's a game about a a bumblebee." Like there's no way. 
they started that design. I don't think so, did no. Catch, did you catch on to that at all? Because I'm convinced that what happened here was someone was making a Star Wars game. And they couldn't get the license in, in, in like the last three or four months. They're like, oh, we need to change all the assets, guys. Like, we they sold the, the license to Star Wars. What do you think? What's our options? And they're, they're probably hungover. And, you know, maybe they're like, ah, oh, I don't know, a bumblebee. And that's it. That's Buck Bumble. Because there's no conceivable way they, they thought that this was the the character out of the gate. No, that I would completely agree. Now you, you mentioned that since we're going to be talking about Buck Bumble, have you, how, how much did you see about the story of this game in there? Um, well, I mean, I know it was, it's in the future, the year t- t- 2012, <laughs> uh, 2010, right? Yeah. I actually had to go down and track down the instruction manual for this because I, there's a little blurb at the beginning of the game, but it's really quick. And I'm like, there's, is there more to this? There's a little bit more. Um, I did actually, uh, so I, I did buy a physical copy. It didn't come with the manual, so I did read a PDF there. But yeah, do you want to walk us through the manual? Yeah, so so apparently there was some sort of nuclear spill. <laughs> right. <laughs> By the way, can I just note that everything about this game is about, like, nuclear warheads? You there should, not please. not a in this game <laughs> where this little backyard is not getting nuked. There is so much atomic destruction in this game. It's horrifying. <laughs> Oh man, I hope I never lived to see the year 2010. That sounds like a hellish nightmare out there. (laughs) So they've got this nuclear spill, and it's mutated all of these bugs, turning them into evil industrial bugs? Um, (laughs) Like wasps? Of course, the first thing they do after mutating is they build up a military-industrial complex. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're, again, this is from the manual, they're committing some sort of bug genocide where they're wiping out all other bugs and replacing them. But it's okay, because it turns out the other bugs have made a cyborg special ops super bee <laughs> called Buck Bumble. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was seriously hoping the last boss would be like, Mecha Bee Hitler or something. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised, honestly. That would not have taken me, uh, it would not have blindsided me after everything else. Like, what is that story? Who came up with that? <laughs> I don't uh, you know, tying it back to the fact you said it seemed like uh, they had to change the theme at the last second, that does yeah. feel a little bit slapped together out of desperation, if you're asking me. Uh, it's even the gameplay, though. Like, I, I, I there were... You know, I, th- I think when you start out the game, it doesn't have those trappings. Like, you're in a backyard, and it's one of those games where it's like, oh, you're in a backyard and everything that is normal size to humans is small. So it's like you're a little toy car racing around but you're a bumblebee racing around it's like okay i I get it right um and there's like benches and and plants and stuff but little flowers and some wooden fences and stuff like that yeah but then pretty soon you're getting into like straight up millennium falcon blowing up the death star (laughs) missions where it's like you've got to plant this bomb and then you know fly out of this thing as 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 it's exploding yeah it's only like the fourth or fifth mission where they're like, this is a nuclear bomb that's going to destroy everything. You have to defuse it. Like, what? It completely comes out of nowhere. There is no setup for it. You're a bee. You're yeah. shooting wasps and all of a sudden nuclear annihilation if you don't hurry. We do have a pretty heavy armament, too. You know, you start out with just a little laser pistol. You know, again, 
you know, since he's he's implanted a cyborg technology, I guess that makes sense. Because uh, you, you got to really wonder though, who's building cybernetic parts for bees? <laughs> it's like a seems like a niche industry. I, maybe maybe I I've seen I don't know if you've seen the uh, there's a Black Mirror episode on 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 bees, but maybe that's that's what the cyborg parts are for. Uh, there you go. At least they found two customers for them. That's a good thing, at least. <laughs> Uh, so they also have like rocket launchers. They have a guided missile rocket launcher, which is actually pretty cool because you shoot out a, a rocket and you actually can guide it around. Like you take control of it and move that around. It can only go for a little bit and then it kind of falls off and, and dies there. Uh, but yeah, I use that to great effect with some of the more difficult bosses, I guess. Yeah, some of the sequences, got- it's, it seems like it's hard to approach. So it's good to just send a missile in ahead of you. When I when I first picked up the game, I I stuck it in there, uh, and I tried to play it, and it doesn't really tell you what you're supposed to do. Well, there's like a training mission, and I guess that kind of tells you what you what you're supposed to do. But I skipped the training mission because I just had like five minutes. I'm like, let's just go in there and play. Right. And I had no idea what the game was, so I was like, okay, I see. Uh, there's a couple things. Uh, there's there's some enemies to kill. There is some things to collect. And then there was like a door. There's like a gateway that I couldn't get through. So I'm like, well, how do I open this gate? And I guess the objective there was you're supposed to kill all the enemies. But I honestly, I was playing Buck Bundle. Like, I have no idea what the hell I'm supposed to be doing here. (laughs) And I guess that's really fitting for this game where it just kind of throws you in. You're like, I don't know, man. You're a bee. Go have fun. You know, (laughs) Go outside. Get out of the house. Um, I think... I know one of the reasons I really struggled with this game at first is because the tutorial, it's kind of okay, but they don't teach you one of the most important things, which is uh, when you do a loop-the-loop, you can use it to do a 180. I didn't use that at all. Did did you actually use any of those? Oh, my those, God. Those uh, evade? I, I use the, the, the loop-the-loop into a 180 a lot because the it, t- it takes forever to turn around in this game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh Often what would happen is there'd be wasps, wasps that sneak up behind you, mm-hmm. and you can hold down the hover button and just spin your character around, and I would just hold down the fire button and mm-hmm. it would kind of clear out the wasps behind me. But yeah, maybe having that, that loop-to-loop 180 would be, would be useful. Uh, mainly I used it whenever I got to like the edge of the level, because um, uh, yeah. uh, bumping into the wall and trying to turn around was very frustrating. How many times did you like bump into a side of a cliff and have this like terrible downward spiral or <laughs> downward spiral where you couldn't lift off anymore? So you just kept hitting the cliff and then you'd run into the water constantly, constantly. Yeah. That as well as its cousin, the fact that some of the uh, the edges of the level were made as slopes, so mm-hmm. you would accidentally <laughs> bump into it trying to turn around, and then the game's like, "Oh, you must want to stand on this wall." They should have named this game <laughs> Bump Bubble Bumble. <laughs> Of course. You do collide with things all, very often in this game. I'm glad there's no damage from that. Otherwise, this would have been a much more difficult game. <laughs> it's always uh, it's always the toughest thing in a format like this to really get across what's not great about controls. But uh, they're not spectacular. Yeah, I mean, co- contrary to something like Star Fox, where you're you're pretty much in a straight line. You can go left or right. right kind of, you know, folks have played... Uh, Star Fox, so they know it was like Space Harrier in some regards there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is more freeform, and it's you're in 3D space. And I guess that that was like what was. I looked at a couple of reviews from you know back in the day, 
sounds like that was the, one of the big points of praise there is the ability to just kind of fly around wherever, even though there's a pretty hard ceiling there. There is. I guess that people were complaining about the fog, the, uh, the, you know, the fog that was uh, obscuring, you know, the, the field there. Uh, so you couldn't see that far out. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't have too many problems with um, the fog. I don't know if that kind of uh, wrecked you at all. or Now, from a gameplay perspective, I didn't have any trouble. Like, when you're playing any of the outdoor levels, which is at least half of them, uh, you're noticing the render fog everywhere you go. So it's very, very uh, uh, noticeable. Uh, but I never actually yeah. had, like, enemies shooting at me out of the render fog or anything like that. I never had enemies, like, popping up out of nowhere or anything. So it didn't really affect how I played the game. It was just noticeable. Yeah, and I felt like the arenas were small enough that you could you can kind of go from one end to the other pretty quickly. I guess the biggest thing for me is I just sometimes you get stuck figuring out how you progress through these. They call them herd gates, mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to kill certain enemies to to get like key key parts, and then sometimes you have to just kill all the enemies, or sometimes you have to blow up these little like way stations, I guess that, and they do this like chain reaction bomb. I kind of wish they had like different, different kind of wish they had like different colored herd gates. So you could go like, Oh, this is a oh, red one. Yeah. I need to kill all the enemies or, Oh, this is a blue actually, one. I gotta I'm, find I'm curious if they did. Uh, actually, I actually, I feel like they were always red, but I never really paid attention. Like, I wonder if they actually That's they did question. change those at all. I remember them mostly being red, but I could have missed that somewhere. So I got to wonder, Shane, was this your first experience with Buck Bumble, or had you played this game before? This was the first time I've ever actually played it before. Like I said, I'd, I'd heard of the game. I kind of had an idea of what it looked like in my head. I'd heard that song about uh, 12,000 times. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I actually picked it up, so this was completely fresh experience for me. No nostalgia or anything going in. Yeah, and did you did you end up beating it? There's only 19 levels, so it's not too bad. I did, yes. Um, yeah, it's... It it's a pretty quick play. It probably took me like four or five hours. Yeah, I, I think I did it in three or four settings, something like that. One of the weird things about it is it's got the save system. So you you can complete a level and then save the game. So that that's actually nice. You know, nothing weird about that. But then if you lose all your lives, it's game over. So you have to either reload a save or, or uh, you know, start the game over. And what was also weird is if you die in a mission, you start back at level or you start back at the beginning of the level with any objectives that you had cleared prior or a reset. So lives didn't really matter as long as you were using save files, right? right. It's kind of a questionable design decision. I actually saw someone was was complaining that there was a save system. They're like, oh, this game is too easy. I'm like. Guys, Buck Bumble ain't that good that I want to play that for that first level again. <laughs> I think it was there was some weird times with certain mechanics, and I think lives and game overs are one of them, where I feel like it was sort of a holdover from the sort of arcade mentality of making games. Yeah. And it was very hard for the industry as a whole to let go of them to figure out when to not use them. And I think that was kind of in that time when the conversation was happening, but they hadn't really hammered down how are we going about that yet? Um, one, one thing I always like to talk about, and that is I remember very clearly when uh, the original Half-Life first came out. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a huge raging conversation about the fact that that game had an uh, innovative little feature called Quick Save. 
where you could save anywhere. And there was a lot of people who were like, oh, this is going to ruin it because there's no difficulty if you can just save anywhere. And it's... That was... that. There's But that wasn't... That wasn't in Half-Life first. That Doom had that. Now, maybe they didn't have a quick save button, but they you definitely had ability to save anywhere. That I didn't remember. Yeah, because I, I remember Doom all the time. You're like, all right, well, I'm on a cliff here. I want to see if there's anything in this lava. <laughs> oh, no, there isn't. Reload the save. Uh, but quick save, you, you might be right. I don't know. I don't know about that. If If they started with quick save. I, I don't know if they were the first one. I just remember the conversation happening very clearly okay. at that time. In, in any case, if you have a problem with quick save, then d- don't quick save. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just don't push the uh, button. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So uh, some of the missions here I wanted to chat about. Um, you know, like uh, there was a couple where you had to blow up the, the wasp hives, mm-hmm. and those are... Everything was actually pretty easy to figure out what you're supposed to shoot. You know, there's definitely boss fights and whatnot where you're like, am I doing damage to this guy or not? Yeah. Um, but they had these like little green, I don't know, little green decals that they kind of float on the weak spots. You just, you just use, you know, shoot that a little bit. Right. And then uh, it would blow up. Um, and that was pretty much the entire game. Like, I guess you can distill it down into... Um, run around and shoot green spots or the wasps and then get to the end of the level. Or like the the blue lightning. Sometimes I'd see like a big yellow thing with blue lightning and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I know I need to shoot blue lightning. <laughs> so I guess I'm shooting that now. <laughs> blue lightning sounds like a great uh, energy drink. Doesn't it? <laughs> I, would, I would take a case of that, yeah. <laughs> I'd shoot some blue lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you only live um, once. <laughs> Um, now another thing that was interesting, I didn't check this out, but I did bring up some screenshots of Buck Bumble's multiplayer modes. Did you see that? I saw that. I didn't really think too much about it. Okay. So, so check that. I don't know. Did you look up what you do at all? No. What do you do in those? All right. So first one, uh, it's called Buck Battle. Of (laughs) Of course. course. Um, it's basically two players that do dog dog fighting, so it doesn't sound that interesting. I think the second one actually sounds pretty cool. It's called Buzzball, and it's basically soccer. And so you use apparently you have two weapons. You have the simple zapper, and that kind of you know knocks the ball along. But then you also have a rocket launcher, which sends the ball flying. So I think we're, it's kind of like we're we're thinking something like um, uh, Rocket League. All right. Except for it would be like Bumblebee League or something. I have often been so, watching soccer and been thinking they could use some more rocket launchers in here. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bumblebees. <laughs> I mean that too, Bumblebees sure. with, yeah. We've got lots of ideas for improving soccer here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy. Yeah, that's, I guess it's kind of, that. that's kind of Buck Bumble, right? Basically, it's. Uh, I, I can't think of really much else. Like it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's, uh, it's got good music. It's, uh, it's easy. Um, controls are a little bit weird. It's a little bit hard to figure out where you're supposed to go. I did manage to beat it without, without any like guides or anything. So that's always nice. Yeah, um, but same here. You know, I had to restart some levels sometimes. I think one um, thing that uh, might have gotten uh, missed when you're talking about the, that you can save after every level is the wild inconsistency for the stage times. I don't know if you experienced that as well. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some stage that I 
there's some levels in there that I could just easily beat in three minutes flat. Easily. Yeah. Um, and there's some that took me close to half an hour. <laughs> there's some real beasts in there. Yeah, but some of the most of those I found that were half hour were just trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. And then once you died, you could actually kind of speed run. You're like, oh, I only need to kill these three guys and then go collect the key parts and then open it up there. Definitely. I I, I should say in the end, one of the things that I discovered is Buck Bumble in most of the levels I found is best played like a survival horror. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, okay, I, I don't know about you, but I was running out of ammo for the good guns a lot in this game. Uh, okay, I I kind of hoarded, which is what I do in survival horror games, so maybe <laughs> I was playing it without really thinking about it. So, like, when I first played this, I'm like, well, I don't like dudes shooting at me, so I'm just going to, when I get into an area, I'll try and take out all the enemies first, and then I'll try and figure out what mm. the objective is. And I kept running out of ammo, so eventually I'm just like, all right, once I figure out what the objective is, I just go through that and ignore it. Everyone and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, speaking of uh, ignoring everything, uh, for the longest time I was ignoring those flowers, and Ooh. they have like a little—I guess they're honey. I didn't realize it until halfway through the game. I think nectar uh, is nectar. Okay, yeah, that's probably what it is there. But I was like, why is there like water dripping off these flowers? But they was healing me, so I was like, I, I guess I should pick this up. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until like halfway, I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not water. It's, it's. Well, I thought it was honey, so I was still wrong there. But nectar <laughs> makes a lot of sense there. Um, even after reading the manual, right? I didn't, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. So, like that one thematically um, made sense to me, but mechanically it was a little weird. Because uh, just just set the visual for people that haven't seen it the way it is is you've got the the flowers and there's a little droplet coming off the bottom, um, and you have to just touch the droplet to get it. But the flower itself actually has collision. Yeah, and the the hitbox on the little nectar thing is a little little tricky. You kind of have to really line that up. Yeah, so a lot of times I was going underneath it and just zooming on yeah. by. Sometimes I was smashing headfirst into the flower. <laughs> I think you actually lose health just survive like flying right i think so that's <laughs> a large yeah, tell, I, but I, yeah i mean that's it's maybe it's like really the um the the conundrum of being a bumblebee is just like hey you know you're you're born and you got like 20 minutes to live man you better find that nectar and you fi better kill those wasps you better disarm that metal gear because <laughs> you got you got 20 minutes to do all that and then you're and then you're dead every um, minute of your day you're dying bit by bit <laughs> Hey, no, I don't know if you knew, but the uh, one of the big things about this game is they wanted you to feel like you were a bumblebee, and so they had a, a bumble pack. It was called the Buck, <laughs> Buck Bumble Pack. <laughs> I'm looking at the image right now, and it's uh, it's like you know yellow and black striped. Um, interestingly enough, it wasn't actually licensed by Nintendo. So, really? Uh, I don't I don't have a, a rumble pack for my N64. I really ought to get one. Uh, but I'm really curious if you're holding it, if you're constantly shaking, you know, because the bee's kind of like... <laughs> or if it's only, it's only when you run into a wall. Uh, in any case, you're probably going to be vibrating quite a bit because, you know, we ran into walls a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, but yeah, actually, I'm curious. I want to check out this on eBay. Uh, while you're talking, I want to look up this Bumble Pack. Go right ahead. Um, I had a Rumble Pack for... I don't remember where I got my old Rumble Pack for N64 back when I was a kid. But I had one uh, I remember most clearly using with uh, Ocarina of Time. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, on one hand, it, it did add to the immersion, the rumble. Like, it was really cool when you were doing a cinematic and, like, some big enemy would fall from the sky and it would make the pack rumble. I really did like that. Um, just the logistical problem I had with that is it plugs in near the top of the N64 controller. And uh, well, I thought it plugs in at the bottom where the memory card is. Oh yeah, it's uh, oh oh yeah. The, the, okay, I see. Like towards the front part of it. Right, right. So it is in the back of the controller, but it's towards the the top of the back. And uh, okay. because it takes like a fistful of batteries, it is kind of heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so it does like affect the experience of holding the controller for long play sessions. I found, at least as a kid, whereas the memory pack just weighs nothing. Yeah. Well, I cannot find a Buck Bumble Rumble Pack. They must be in huge eBay. demand. <laughs> yeah, well, no one's selling them on eBay. Flying off the shelves. So that's it's a collector's item now. <laughs> um, let's see here. I, I guess it originally retailed for like fifteen bucks by Joy Tech. Interesting. Um, yeah, and I guess it's the same. Prices the Nintendo official Rumble Pack. All right. Or, well, I guess the image I'm seeing is 15 pounds, so maybe it was like $20 in the U.S. or something. Something around there, I think. Uh, but hey, if you've got a Buck Bumble Rumble Pack and you want to tell us how it is, you know, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know the experience of yeah. rumbling with yeah. the Bumble. <laughs> the Rumble with the Bumble. Uh, of course, you can always reach us at SaturdayMorningGamingShow.com. Um, I think before we sign off, though, I I, I want to do this sort of tradition here, and I think this is a good way to kind of close out the episode. Is um, open ended question here? So, Buck Bumble Two is announced as a sequel to the smashing success of Buck Bumble. Shane, you've been given the lead design uh, role here. What do you do to make sure that the uh, the franchise Buck Bumble continues and is popular. All right. I've got it right here. I've got an idea. So okay. I'm, I'm going to try and condense it to an elevator pitch because I want to get it to the, the okay. executives as quickly as possible. Wait, uh, uh, please just, okay. I'm just going to let you go and I hope that you do what I think you're going to do. All right. So here's what, here's my idea. It's a B <laughs> in escape from New York. I thought you were going to say a B on a skateboard. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm with you on that one. Okay, a B in escape. So, like, Snake Plissken style? Exactly. What? You give Buck Bumble an eye patch. Uh, you, put him in, <laughs> you put him in the smoky ruins of someone's backyard. <laughs> okay. And then what he's got to, he's, is he have to exfiltrate someone or is he just got to get out or what? Oh, yes. he's. It's got to be uh, some incredibly sexy girl B, obviously. Um. Uh. I don't know, Big Big Bimble. <laughs> There's no good way to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's not bad. That's mad. I I was really hoping though that you were just going to recite the lyrics to Buck Bumble, the theme song. You know, I, I, when you said uh, you wanted to do a tradition at the end of the episode, I was a little worried that's where you were going. A little Buck Bumble sing along <laughs> is going to be just, how we end just, every episode. Oh, oof, no, no, the every episode, no. I, I think um. I think one episode of Buck Bumble is going to do it for us. <laughs> I, but hey, if there is a sequel, I think we're going to be first in line to play it. Sign me up. And I think you're actually uh, 
one of the things you do on your channel, Shane, is your channel points can go to uh, to actually funding the development of Buck Bumble Two. Is that right? Uh, that's more or less right. It's in the ballpark. This is <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Uh, and- well, uh, and and also for a limited time, uh, all points are free on your channel. So get it while it lasts. And oh, it's it's over. It just finished. Oh. It was a 30 second promotion oh, and you missed out. Ah, dang it. Blinked and you missed it. Yeah. Jeez, this was fun, man. This was, this was a good Bumble. time. I just want to say, Buck. Uh, bug freaking Bumble. That's all I want to say. <laughs> That's, I've been wanting to just like exclaim. I want to go up to the top of the mountain and just say, Buck Bumble. And for everybody listening to this at home, if you haven't taken the experience of saying the words Buck Bumble out loud, it's just a joy to do. It really it, is. It, the more people you have around you, the funnier it gets because they're going to look at you and be like, what the? Uh, first of all, that's probably the most intelligent thing I've ever heard you say. And also, what the hell does that mean? It's Buck Bumble. But the alliteration is so good. So good. Buck Bumble. Buck Bumble. Buck Bumble. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, Episode one of Retro Oddities, Buck Bumble. Buck Bumble. Shane, um, what do you got going on the next couple of weeks here? You know, how, what, I, I want to come and see some more crazy games. What sort of things are you going to be playing over the next couple of weeks? Uh, as far as my stream, I'm just about to get start on uh, the old Bioware game Jade Empire, their Kung Fu masterpiece. Yeah, that's a game. It is. Uh, it is a game. <laughs> I, I had I had the misfortune of playing that game after I played Mass Effect, so it was. And Mass Effect was like you know back when it came out, that was a game changer. It's like I need more Mass Effect immediately. Jade Empire, I'll play that. And I don't think it quite hit that, but you know you do have a cool little spaceship to fly around and shoot. I don't even know what you shoot. Your kung Fu spaceship, you know, like you do. Um, but you're going from like one weird shooting game to the next, like from Buck Bumble to Jade Empire. That might be my niche now. Just weird the mascot themed shooting games is all I'm doing now. I'm trapped here. I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some weird ones with dudes and very tight speedos. So <laughs> I, I think, uh, I wish yeah, I didn't know what you're talking chance? about, but I do. <laughs> you do. I, do. <laughs> I don't know what the game name is, but I I've seen it and it looks, it looks so good. <laughs> Do you, what's the, do you know what the game name is? Uh, Cho-Anki. I don't know. I can't spell that. Cho-Anki. If you have a PS3, game. it's actually on the PSN. Oh, it is. You can get it for like five bucks. Oh, Cho. Okay, it's two words. Yeah, two words. Cho. So for people that want to check this out, it's C-H-O space A-N-I. K-I. Cho-Anki. If you're curious if we're making this up or not, go ahead and Google that. <laughs> so we're going to we're gonna have you... Um, I'm actually having trouble finding images of this. It's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, okay. I just want to search here. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So, some very, very uh, muscle-bound men there. It's, <laughs> so, it's a distinct look, I'll tell you that much. It's a distinct Hard bodies. It's our type. Soft hearts. It's our type with half naked muscle dudes, is what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Some of the bosses here. Oh, God. Well, um, oh, it's on the Sega Saturn, it looks like, uh, also. Oh, all right. 
cool. Well, we are way getting ahead of ourselves on future episodes, <laughs> but I think now that I know what the the game name is, I think we got to we got to do this at some point. So uh man, uh well Shane, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank everyone so much for listening to us here on the podcast. Uh, if you like retro games, if you like podcasts, you like YouTube content, I urge you to head on over to SaturdayMorningGamingShow.com or we can go to YouTube with a similar title, Saturday Morning Gaming Show on YouTube. Uh, we also have a Twitter at SaturdayMGaming and we've got a Patreon at Saturday Morning Gaming Show. Actually, it's Patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Gaming Show. But if you forget all that stuff, that's fine. Just go to SaturdayMorningGamingShow.com. Everything's there for you. And, uh, you know, your support here really helps us kind of add more shows, more content, and uh, get, uh, you know, folks like Shane and, and some other folks uh, coming on here soon to help join us. So thank you so much. And thank you, Shane. Of course, check him out. Shane is games. It's all one word on Twitch. And uh, you stream pretty late at night, right, Shane? I do. Uh, th- in the States. 3.30 a.m. Central. So he's worth getting up early or staying up late for. Believe me, I've uh, I've definitely been in his channel. And um, I find that if you, you go 24 hours without sleeping, Shane is extremely funny. So I rec- highly recommend that avenue there. And maybe take some NyQuil uh, before you do so. Please do. Please. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> We are not medically trained professionals. Do not take any uh, uh, medical advice from us. Alter states responsibly. <laughs> All right, Shane. Well, we're going to be looking out for you here in episode two of Retro Oddities. But until then, we want to uh, wish everyone uh, to have a great retro time out there. And we'll catch you next episode. <laughs>